we talk so much on the For the Love of Sports podcast about the power of connections and skill sets. So we're teaming up with Aquia Sports Group International to deliver two high-level mentorship programs. The 12-month sports business program will help you craft innovative partnerships and improve selling strategies. And for our newcomers to the sports world, we have a three-month sports business new grad program where you will gain skills to become an integral part of your team. Best news, both programs include monthly video meetups, digital worksheets, exclusive industry interviews, and real case studies. Let's come back from the shutdown even stronger. So head over to aqueous.co.com. That's www.aqueous.co for more information and to get on the wait list. Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rosil, and my guest today is Erica Golem. She is the Senior Sales Director of Brand Partnerships at the Players Tribune. She has a very fun story. We get to learn a lot about the Players Tribune here, how she got that job, obviously, and what she's been able to do with it and the impact that she and, obviously, the Players Tribune have had with athletes creating media and really getting getting those messages out there, which I'm most excited to talk about. So without further ado, here is Erica. Today on For the Love of Sports, I have Erica Gollum. She's the Senior Sales Director of Brand Partnerships at the Players' Tribune, previously working at the Daily Mail in their Brand Partnerships department as well. Erica, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's a good day to be alive. We're recording this on a Friday, so hopefully, you know, if people are out there, I don't know what day exactly this is going to get released, so hopefully it's a Monday or Tuesday. People can feel our Friday energy and they can roll with a little bit. How's that sound? Love it. TGIF, everyone, or whatever day it is. It's Groundhog's Day in quarantine, if we're being honest. So um, I love that movie, but it's starting to get a little frustrating. I kind of want to go outside and see some of my friends soon. So we'll see how that goes. But Erica, the first question I have for everybody on For the Love of Sports is, why do you love sports so much? So that is a great starting question. I actually, Michael, I, (laughs) it's very funny and, and maybe not the answer you're expecting is that I actually um, had very little knowledge about sports prior to my experience at Players Tribune, where I've been for three years. I actually have a tremendous love and respect for sports now. Um, I'm a New Yorker, so I've always been a Yankee fan, a Giants fan, a Knicks fan, um, but wasn't super passionate about sports in general, um, just given that, you know, didn't play much and and didn't follow, um, you know, past, you know, a certain Mm -hmm. age. And then once I got back into Um, the groove of things and started following the players and the leagues and the teams, um, I have a whole new respect for the game and the players um, and the lives they live, they live um, off the field and off the court. That is interesting. It's not quite the answer I was expecting, especially at a place like the players tribune where it's so athlete focused and it's very interesting. And that's why, you know, I was so excited when it got announced. I was like, Holy crap, they're going to talk directly to us. Now we don't have a filter. There's no, PR representatives saying things for them while, you know, maybe maybe you can get into the nitty gritty with me and it kind of explain how that aspect of it works. But I, I was really excited to hear, you know, just the athletes being able to talk in their voices and tell us what's going on as far as they're, you know, I guess allowed to. So that was always very cool. But with not working 
or not really following sports until the three years or really paying attention or falling in love with it for the la- uh, for the three years that you've been at the Players Tribune. How has that affected you privately, personally, professionally from now having a rooting interest specifically in these players and kind of getting wrapped up in the emotion and the pageantry of sports after really not paying attention too much for uh, the, the previous years of your life? Yeah, definitely. I think, well, first and foremost, I've gotten to know so many players on a personal level and I've had the honor of, you know, dining out or just having an intimate conversation, um, catching up one-on-one with um, men and women across all sports and leagues, uh, NFL, NBA, hockey, Olympians, uh, you name it. Um, And everyone kind of has a similar sentiment in that Players' Tribune provides them with a platform to tell their stories um, from their POV uh, without anyone, you know, in, in typical media fashion, twisting their words, um, you know, to get, you know, likes and mm-hmm. good ratings. So the the thing that that's so special for me, and I've been working in the content space from a sales perspective for over 12 years. And the reason I love content is it's tangible, right? And it, it evokes an emotion. And I think what Players Tribune does for the fans is it brings fans closer to the players than they've ever been able to be before. And we're getting those exclusive stories from those players. Um, because they really trust us and and allow us to tell their story um, in the best light possible. Yeah, I think it is awesome. Again, as I was saying before, I think what the Players' Tribune has been able to do um, now a little bit with Uninterrupted with LeBron as well, but just these these outlets to allow players, as you said, you know, use their voice and tell their story in the way that they want to, I think is fantastic. And it's it's more authentic. It's more raw. It's more real. It's not kind of done up for the media. You know, you can tell when some of these guys are really putting their emotion through the pen onto the page. And I think that that part is, is so much fun. And, and you brought it up. You've been in uh, media, you've been in the content space for about 12 years now, since 2008 ish, if my math is correct. I mean, what, how have you seen, you know, content used to not be as, you know, normal lexicon, right? Content, you know, it used to have a different meeting and it wasn't as widely known and used as much as it is now. How have you seen this media and this content space, especially digitally change over the last 12 years from, you know, 2008, when the first, I think we we're on the second iPhone at that point to yeah. now where we're on the 11th. Yeah, that's, it's a great question. Um, and it's crazy how fast 12 years could fly. Um, so I, I'd say um, it's in two major ways. I think first and foremost in 2008, um, which is when I first graduated college, I got on, I got into the industry through the agency side. So I'd worked on the media agency side for about three years prior to going into media sales. And back then you were either considered and bucketed into traditional media, so like print, mm-hmm. radio, TV, or digital. Um, and back then digital was just, you know, standard banners, you know, to, to click, or maybe it was a small buy on Facebook, which was a super unnavigated world at that time. Um, so I'd say it's changed in a big way now that, you know, it's so fragmented into so many different channels from digital to audio podcasts to programmatic to social media, um, gaming and esports, uh, influencers. So it's it's changed a ton in that way. And I'd say I've experienced it all. And um, at this point, you know, 12 years later, um, digital is, and content is still king. And I'm, I'm proud to be in that space. And what is it like? You know, again, as you said, coming out of college in 2008 and then seeing so much change over the next 12 years, content is king and there's always a new thing coming up and sometimes things stick and then sometimes things are TikTok and they actually stick and you're like, what the heck is going on? Why is this a thing? But it is. And so how, what is it like essentially learning on the job 
for lack of a better term, and really understanding like, okay, now I get to learn this new platform. You know, 2011, I think is when I first started using Instagram and now it's, now it's yeah. the number one social media and certain, you know, demographics and needing to understand that. And then Snapchat comes up and now TikTok, as I said. So, so how much, how much are you learning about these specific platforms and how much do you get to learn about the platforms versus have to learn about, excuse me, about the platforms? Yeah, I think it's twofold. Personally, I like to learn about all of them, um, you know, from a, a selfish aspect and mm -hmm. I really understand them. I made, I made a TikTok for my dog during quarantine. Um, so that, so that's been a fun learning experience. Can you please give us the handle for your dog's TikTok? I think a lot of people out there would love to see that. Yes. Her name is Penelope and the TikTok is P the Pood, the letter P T H E Pood. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but then obviously from a professional aspect, it's been really important for me um, throughout all of the stages of my career to really be tapped into understanding all the channels, especially now more than ever, because Players Tribune is an athlete influencer network at its core, it's really important to understand how athletes are utilizing these channels and how they want to use them to connect with fans. Yeah. And that's a great point because, you know, you have to learn how they work. So that way you can understand kind of, you know, as you said, selfishly, but then also from the fans standpoint, so you can understand how the, you know, quote unquote, normal person is using them. And then you can kind of reverse engineer how the athlete can then connect, as you said, with the fans. I think that that's part's very important. Um, so I know, uh, you know, as you said, so you worked in the agency side for a couple of years, then you went into the sales side um, for properties working with Daily Mail. What did you, I guess, what, what was it about the Daily Mail? I mean, it's a very well known and um, reputable, I guess we could say news source. How, what was it like working for there? now being able to compare and contrast what you do with the Players' Tribune? That's a great question. I think, you know, first of all, Daily Mail is the largest English-speaking newspaper in the world. And um, that was obviously a huge mm -hmm. testament to them yep. breaking into the U.S. market and growing tremendously digitally a couple of years back. Um, and a huge thanks to a lot of different partners that we had throughout the years, even including Snapchat. We were actually one of the first, actually the first publisher to launch within the Snapchat Discover platform. Mm -hmm. um, I remember Evan Spiegel actually came into our office to explain what Discover was. <laughs> um, and now awesome. it's obviously the, ma the main page of Snapchat mm -hmm. these days. Um, but from a, a you know editorial standpoint, Daily Mail was pumping out and still is pumping out over 1,200 pieces of content per day on their site. Um, so it was all, yes, breaking news, um, international breaking news. Um, and then also, of course, you know, the tabloids and the gossip, which um, they're most you know, renowned for. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, and, you know, if I had to compare the two, um, you know, Players Tribune, obviously, it's not as focused on the quantity of content that's coming out on a daily basis, but the quality. Mm -hmm. um, so we really try to hone in on, you know, and lean into key cultural moments um, and stories that are happening at the moment versus pumping out um, high quantity of content um, just for the eyeballs and the viewership. Um, but I, I'd say Daily Mail still to this date, um, I'm I'm still hooked on it. I always joke around that I think they have photographers like hiding in all of the bushes all over the world because they have more photos on there than <laughs> I've seen anywhere else. It is impressive. Got to give them that. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> impressive. And, and, you know, getting into such a big organization, I mean, 1200 pieces of content a day is insane. You know, you hear Barstool back in the day, they were shooting for 180. And now I'm sure they're blowing that out of the water, but 1200 just sounds ridiculous. And what that means to me is they have a huge staff and a huge amount of people. What is it like working in that big of an organization? I feel like it can probably get kind of easy, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term to almost get lost in the shuffle at that point. Yeah, definitely a bit. I, they did a great job um, 
kind of marrying the sales and marketing team with editorial mm -hmm. to make sure that we were all um, streamlining the company and, and revenue um, for the better cause. I think what they had, um, the, the reason why their model was so successful is that they were pumping out content in every single category. So it was news, it was sports, it was politics, it was fashion, it was celebrity. Um, and then from a brand and marketing standpoint, we were able to align those sort of verticals with the accounts that we oversaw as a team um, and were able to show the vast you know, examples that we were able to produce on a daily basis to the brand partners that we had. That is pretty cool. So when you were there, did you work in the sports vertical? I didn't. We actually were divided um, by agency. So each okay. person on the account management team and sales team was assigned a couple of different agencies. But we had so much opportunity. I mean, with with a ton of content comes a ton of opportunity because mm -hmm. you could have a brand. I'm, I'm thinking back like a Victoria's Secret or a Strayer University or Stride Right Kid Shoes. Um, any brand category can fit into the mold that is Daily Mail. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, when you, when you're that big and you can, as you said, you know, vertical, you know, silo, everything like that, you can absolutely start to fit into a lot of these different brands and what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. And most importantly, who they're trying to get in front of, of course. And so moving on to players tribute, one of my questions was going to be, if you always wanted to work in sports, but we quickly found out <laughs> in the beginning of this conversation, that might not have been the way to go. So what was it about the opportunity to work at the players tribute and work directly with these athletes that not going to say you didn't care about who they were. Obviously they still have some stature in, in society, but you weren't as infatuated with some of these athletes as maybe I would have been if I got that position. So what was it about players tribune that really drew you in? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I think it's worked to my benefit that I, I don't know who many of them are. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm now obviously after a couple of years, I, I recognize pretty much everyone, but, um, in the beginning, it's sort of funny to watch, you know, so to speak, the fanboys and fangirls in the mm -hmm. office freak out when people walked in and I was like, yeah, hey, what's up, man? Um, <laughs> and had no idea who it was. But but the reason why I actually was attracted to the position, I had obviously been working in the content space for 10 years um, at Elle Magazine, Urban Daddy, uh, which is a men's lifestyle company, if you're not familiar with it, um, Daily Mail, which had acquired Elite Daily, actually, um, at the time when I had worked there. So selling both of those properties, which was a little bit more millennial lifestyle focus. And I really wanted to kind of balance out my, my background from the content perspective and, and diversify my experience. Um, I have a friend in the industry who um, I actually went to high school with who had just started consulting at the Players Tribune actually. Um, and he had reached out and said, hey, it uh, looks like you have some digital media experience. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do a little bit. And came in and I really fell in love with the brand mission, honestly. Um, I thought it was so cool to sell content to a variety of brands across all of these different verticals for years, but it kind of, I had this aha moment of, wow, how powerful is it to have content from the voice of an athlete versus, you know, Joe Schmo in the editorial department at, you know, whatever, whatever website or publisher. So I really was, I was really impacted by the power of um, the voice of the athlete. And I'd say um, three years later, I still feel the same way. That is awesome. And, and, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, working with, you know, the athletes, someone said this to me recently, so I'm going to steal it. And I apologize. I can't remember who it was, but athletes were kind of the original influencer, right? Like they were yeah. the, look, we're, we're all watching. I don't know about you, but everybody else on planet earth is watching the last dance right now. It feels like at least here in the United States. And it's, 
it's incredible to see what Michael Jordan was like. And then, you know, in the first episode, they talk about Muhammad Ali and Babe Ruth and how everybody on planet earth knew who these people were. And I think it's so impressive that, that that's, it's, it's something even, I don't even know what to call it, but it is a thing that people around the world know who Michael Jordan is. You can pretty much step foot on any country and he can influence the way people work and the way people do things and how they live their lives. And now we're looking at this obviously on, on a whole new scale in 2020 with, with athletes, with just the, the, the term influencer is a little bit more uh, uh, broad at this point. And how is it, how enjoyable is it to see, you know, these athletes tell their stories, get deep, get honest, get intimate and understanding that maybe you won't see directly who it affects or how it affects them. But, you know, somewhere around the somewhere around the world, somewhere down the line, someone is going to get a very positive emotion and a positive effect out of this and potentially better themselves. And you can have a hand in that. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I have a, a couple of great examples of, of pieces we did with specific athletes. But you know, I'll start with this. One of our, we say this, you know, tongue in cheek, but a little bit serious um, internally is our key KPI at the Players Tribune is to evoke emotion. Our key KPI is goosebumps, right? You, re- you read a story and you really feel like the athlete is just letting their heart out on the table. And I, I even, uh, I'd say the first piece that comes to mind is probably Kevin Love opening up to us mm-hmm. about his mental health. Um, and the struggles that he's had throughout the years, we were the first platform that he opened up and shared that story with. And it took off in such a way, not even from an earned media perspective, it was of course over every news channel and, and media outlet out there, but the story became so popular on Players Tribune and we received so much inbound outreach from fans across the world that Kevin himself actually created his own email address at the Players Tribune so he could actually get back to some of these people who were writing that's to, cool to him. yeah really impactful stuff that is so cool i love that kick cake your one of your key performance indicators is goosebumps i love yes. that that is so fantastic <laughs> it sure is it sure is my goodness and so yeah like, like how and, and i understand like it, that's got to be so cool and earn media perspective as you said and you know that's how that's your job right you're you're there you're for sales but it's got to be so cool just being a part of some of these things. And how do you try and integrate these brands in a way that they can almost amplify or extend that message? Like with Kevin uh, specifically, like, was there a particular brand you reached out to that were in the mental health space? Like how deep and how shallow, um, you know, don't give us all the tricks of the trade, of course, but uh, like, how, like how, how deep can you go into that, t- that, that part of the conversation? Yeah, definitely. We could, I could, Uh, dive into that a bit. I think it works both ways, right? If there is, we're very connected to our content team and our athlete relations team, which is essentially like our internal athlete Mm -hmm. uh, agency, if you will, talent agency. And we're very close with them and we'll be sometimes briefed on an upcoming story. uh, Let's say the Tom Brady Tampa story, for example. Mm -hmm. And we'll be informed that that's coming down the line in the next week or so. um, And we'll reach out to brand partners who we feel like are endemic um, to the story, or we'll reach out to brands that we feel like are, you know, have an existing relationship or an association with that specific athlete or the team um, or the league. And that's just, that's just one aspect. And then Mm -hmm. the other way that it works is, you know, we get a little bit more creative. There's so many brands in the space that want to help amplify their brand messaging through content and storytelling. So we'll tap into our creative team to ideate on a custom narrative that allows an athlete to tell their story authentically with the brand weaved into the thematic. That's awesome. So you, you really can, I mean, 
you have the whole you can run the whole gamut at that point as long as it makes exactly. sense and is authentic you're, you guys are good to go exactly for sure and, and i think there are so many brands out there you mentioned mental health um now more than ever who want to be able to align themselves with stories like a kevin love um because who better to you know help tell that story of, of why that brand is is helpful and necessary than someone with that experience Exactly. Right. That's, that's, you know, when it comes to marketing, authenticity and gen being genuine are two of the most important things. And the fact that you can add on top now, it's not just, you know, as you said, it's not just Joe Schmo from the editorial room of, you know, magazine X, it's Kevin Love, uh, you know, I, you know, a couple years ago was on the best basketball team on planet earth. And for a four year period, essentially was in the finals, you know, like there's just so much more amplification that comes with that. And, and, especially with the mental health aspect, just being able to bring that conversation to the forefront, which again, going back to bringing more goosebumps, helping more people and getting yes. more people comfortable with that conversation and any conversation that these athletes are willing to have. I just, I love, I love the mission. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. And we appreciate a lot, you know, all of our brand partners. I think, you know, now, especially in 2020 pre, even pre COVID, I think a lot of brands are willing to dip their toes into an uncomfortable space like that too, getting behind mental health, um, and those sort of topics that maybe they would have shied away from a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Everything is starting to come, come to the surface a little bit more, especially with these bigger people, more powerful people, at least in, in the social space talking about it. It makes these conversations a lot easier to have easier, you know, of course, in quotation marks, just from a term of bringing it up, I think is very yeah. important. And, and going back to, I, I want to make sure we're sticking on you a lot. And, you know, obviously, you, you know, the, the, uh, the opportunities within the uh, Players Tribune will come up during that. And so, again, being in the content space for 12 years and, you know, as you said, it started as banner ads and now it's doing so much more. What have you been able to do within the Players Tribune with all these other opportunities that come about through creating content through these social sites, creating content through the written articles, the videos, the podcast? How have you been able to, uh, I guess, sell this to brands so that way it's not just, hey, you know, you get this, you know, single offering. It's not just this piece of content, but you get, you get the players tribune behind you, you get the teams behind you, the athletes behind you again to make that sell a lot easier. Cause if you can quantify and say, Hey, we can give you this and this is the amplification potential of it. I mean, how much easier is that sale going to be? Yeah, actually, even to take it uh, a step, step back, actually, um, at when players tribune first launched five years ago, um, we launched with a pretty basic business model of mm -hmm. creating athlete stories through video editorial and audio and podcasts. Um, we also had an experiential arm as well. Um, and in terms of distribution, anytime we create a piece of content, no matter what channel it's on, it would be distributed on Players Tribune and our owned and operated social channels, as well as the athletes channels. Um, and then if there was a brand participating, the brand could actually distribute the content through their channels. Um, but as of this past November, we actually merged with a company called Minute Media. They are a company that actually um, originated in Tel Aviv almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they were actually a tech company um, that had a mission to create sort of the bleacher report um, for soccer, which is a site called 90 Min. I'm not sure how familiar you are with them. Um, so now Players Tribune, okay, well, if you're a soccer fan, definitely check it out. <laughs> yep. um, but we are now um, part of this larger sports portfolio to date, um, which we're all super excited about because we have such a talented, amazing production team and content team and athlete access. But what we were slightly lacking was that even further and wider distribution, which we now have under our parent company. 
That is cool. And yeah, just to get that, that extra amplification again, just to, that gives you more goosebumps, right? That, you know, the, exactly. the goosebumps are totaling up more and more. If you can get this in front of that many more people just across the world, especially with sports like basketball being a global sport at this point, soccer, obviously being the global sport, just these opportunities to, to hear the stories from the athletes and push that even further. I mean, obviously everyone's going to want to jump at that because your KPIs go up, which I think is very important. And how is it, you know, as you said, so on the brand partnership side, you're kind of told a week or change beforehand when a story is coming down. So that gives you a little bit of time. I mean, kudos to you guys for turning that stuff around in only a week, maybe, maybe two weeks. It sounds like a lot of this stuff does come pretty quick. How, how does the, the athlete talent, the, the management side work. I don't know how, I'm assuming you're slightly familiar and I don't know how, how deep you want to talk about that, but how do the athletes come in contact with the players tribune and how do the ideas for the stories come up? Are they pitching them? Are you pitching them to them? Are the brands saying, Hey, we're looking for this type of story. And then you can reach out to certain athletes that have that story. How, how many different ways do these types of things happen? It was all of the above. And now you're hired to work here. Uh, oh, perfect. <laughs> you've, got, you've got it down. Uh, <laughs> So we actually have an in-house, as I mentioned, um, internal athlete relations team. Mm -hmm. And they've all come from different sports um, booking backgrounds and late night TV backgrounds, actually. Um, so they all have access to athletes on a uh, national and global scale across all leagues and teams and sports. I mean, this, this team is beyond amazing. And they're kind of the bread and butter of our company and, and what we um, were made from. Actually, our co-founder, um, Jamie Messler, she... Um, had worked with Derek Jeter directly um, to co-found the Players' Tribune. And she had built up an unbelievable athlete relations team under her, um, who all after the past five years have all pretty much stayed intact and, and in place here. So it's all um, thanks to them that we get access to these amazing athletes across the globe. And in terms of the content we create, it's, it's all three that you mentioned. One, we have athletes that, and their managers who are proactively coming to our athlete relations team saying, hey, we want to tell the story and use Players' Tribune as the platform to do so. Um, and they lean on us also for that high quality production um, content that we are able to create from those stories, right? Um, two, we also will proactively reach out to athletes if we feel that there has been perhaps a significant trade or maybe there was a story that wasn't so covered in the media that we kind of want to expose and um, be able to tell it a little bit more articulately for these athletes. And then three, um, as you mentioned, we'll as a sales team proactively go out to brands and find out what their brand um, messaging is for a certain time period, what their KPIs are, and we'll help amplify their brand messaging through the lens of an athlete. So they'll brief us on what their upcoming campaign initiatives are, and then we'll be able to sit down and create a custom content series, whether that's through video, editorial, podcast, experiential, and give them a recommendation on the thematic that we think would be best for them, as well as the athletes who we feel would pair best with the story. That is so cool. Yeah. So just tell Derek that I'll, I'll show up when the quarantine's over and I think we'll, uh, we'll be good to go from there. I think that'll be perfect. And uh, with, uh, you know, with, with all these opportunities and with, you know, everything that's going on right now, how are you guys taking advantage of this quarantine and, and of, you know, whatever, everything's happening with around the world. And obviously there's a lot of stories and a lot of athletes are free to tell them. Uh, so how are you guys taking advantage of it from that perspective still? I mean, I'm assuming no one's in the office, so it has to be a little fragmented, but I'm sure there's a lot of stuff still going in the, in the pipelines. 
Yeah, definitely. So yeah, of course, as you mentioned, most athletes, um, all athletes are not <laughs> in season mm -hmm. um, and mo most are not training or, or practicing right now. So they definitely have some free time on their hands, but we're being really um, smart about it. And, and the pivot, of course, at first was a little bit tricky figuring mm -hmm. out where we were going to land our feet. But the athletes have been incredible in terms of being able to shift strategies or be able to participate in certain content pieces. Um, we have a, I'll give you two examples. We just launched a editorial series called the ISO, short mm -hmm. isolation. Yep, got and it. We've had a ton of athletes who, this is purely editorial, um, where they are telling us how they're spending their time in quarantine, what they're reading, what they're watching, how they're training, so on and so forth. We've had, I think, over 30 athletes contribute to that series to date. And there are a ton of brands just interested purely from a sponsorship perspective on being able to sponsor and surround that type of content, no brand integration. Um, another very successful platform that we have here at the Players' Tribune is um, our signature podcast, Knuckleheads. Mm -hmm. That's hosted by Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, both retired NBA players who are best buds and played on the Clippers together. Um, they actually were just wrapped season three of Knuckleheads, which was sponsored by Hennessy um, for three years. And the traction that it has amassed is insane. I mean, every single athlete wants to be on this podcast. It's awesome. Um, I could I could tell you some of the talent, but the season three momentum was so amazing that when we wrapped up shooting the last episode and COVID hit, um, Darius and Q were like, hey, we could just do this on Zoom. Let's <laughs> let's keep let's keep creating content. So we're actually launching our season three extension of Knuckleheads um, in two weeks where we're going to follow the same format, you know, two um, hosts, one guest, um, just kicking it, talking about basketball, reminiscing on old times and, and what they're doing in quarantine. That is awesome. And yeah, it's just it's times like this where really smart companies and really smart people are going to come through. And as you said, you guys had to, there had to be a pivot. Um, obviously we didn't know what this was going to look like when we got into it. Of course, we're still kind of confused on what's going on, how long it's going to last. But if you can make the ideas and get it, I mean, I love the idea of the ISO. I think that's fantastic having over, you know, all these athletes just contribute what they're doing, especially from a, a training and a, a learning perspective. I think that's really, really important. And getting young kids and, and just really just people all over to understand like, hey, you know, maybe some of you have work, uh, you know, obviously this isn't the easiest time for anybody, but there's still things you can do to get better during this time. You know, it's going to be two months potentially in here, like a couple weeks, couple weeks at this point. Uh, I had a conversation with someone the other day. They, this is going to be a job. It, this is going to be an interview question. This is, you know, for college kids coming out or, or high school kids going into college. This is going to be an interview question. What did you do for two months? Right. And I think it's very important to then have these athletes who are up on that pedestal, who we look up to for ideas, but also for strength and for confidence in certain situations and understand, hey, they're this is what they're reading. This is what they're learning. Let me put myself in their shoes and see what they're doing. I think that that part is fantastic. And of course, podcast, you know how I feel about them. I've only done a couple hundred <laughs> at this point. So um, understanding that they, the, uh, you know, Darius and Quentin were like, hey, let's just keep going. This is fun. And let's be honest, what else are we going to do? Let's just have more guests on. I mean, again, that's just more content for you guys and gives Hennessy an extra opportunity. So I, I love all of that. So kudos Were you, I'm going to give you credit for all of it too. I hope that's okay. Yes. It's more than okay. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> but no, I think that it's, it's so cool. And so uh, fantastic. And how big is the the sales team over there? If you, if we're allowed to talk about that, I guess. Yeah. We're, we're about 10 people. 
Okay, very cool. So it's it's nice and intimate, and so everyone kind of knows what's going on all at the same time. And and how do you, is is it you know whoever has a good idea, put your hand up and let's talk about it kind of uh, culture. Yeah, definitely. We encourage a lot of that. I think especially now more than ever. Of course, we do have a dedicated marketing team and a content mm -hmm. team and the athlete relations team, but it's all hands on deck right now. And uh, everyone has just been, even though we're remote, um, everyone has come closer together um, in such an incredible way. That is fantastic. I love it. I love it. And so how much, you know, after these three years and starting to know these athletes more and get personal with them, how, in you know, the first question I have, of course, as I said, is, you know, why do you love sports so much? How much has your love of sports grown over the last three years, just getting to meet these personalities and these people and realizing, you know, even myself still really, you know, a football player, you know, a guy running down the field, I'm going to root for him because he's on the Giants. How much cooler is it to know some of these guys and girls personally you know, have some of their numbers in your phone and be able to say like, wow, like I just talked to that person the other day and they just dropped a triple double. How much cooler is yeah. that? It's awesome. It's awesome. Even I mentioned Darius and Q who mm -hmm. are the hosts of, of Knuckleheads, spent a ton of time with them and know their, you know, I know Q's wife really well and, and the kids. And um, we have just been able to, you know, talk about everything from just that's completely, you know, non-related to sports, of course, but from their days back playing in the Clippers when they were in their early 20s to being traded to growing up in Chicago. It's just really cool to, like we do at the Player Tribune, see them for who they are and, and allow themselves to humanize themselves because I'm not, you know, I don't play fantasy sports. I don't have a draft. These, the whether they score or don't score doesn't mean much to me at the end of the day. What, mm -hmm. you know, means means the most to me is, is these guys being able to have a platform to tell their story and, and being able to have a little fun while we do it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Again, I love the Players' Tribune and I love everything that you guys are doing over there. Um, and I guess the last question for me, Erica, I mean, what are what are some future accomplishments and future goals that you're looking into? I mean, is your dog going to go viral on TikTok? Maybe after this episode, it does. Uh, but any any other things that you're looking forward to do in the future? Yes, I sure hope her TikTok does go viral. Thank you for the support. Um, I really, I do love the content space. I definitely intend on staying on the brand partnership side um, for quite some time. And, you know, just really looking forward to a post-COVID world when, you know, things get back to normal and can start traveling again um, and, and continue to uh, live our lives the way we did before. Yeah, I guess a really good goal is to just like see my friends again. I think that would be... Yes. Uh, that's that's my most immediate goal and we'll see if we can happen. But yes. thank you, Erica. This was unbelievable. Erica Gollum. Senior yes. Sales Director of Brand Partnerships at the Players Tribune. Thank you for letting me say your name correctly. I do appreciate it. Really, really appreciate your time today too, Erica. You too. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports with Erica Golem. As I said, super, super cool. Doing a lot of very interesting things. Working for Derek Jeter in some capacity is also probably pretty cool. But no, I'm very grateful I had the opportunity to speak with Erica. All of her socials will be in the show notes. Please make sure to follow her on everything. Please make sure to give us a five-star review and please make sure to follow me on some of my stuff. That's also going to be in the show notes. So thank you all so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of and I appreciate you giving me some of yours. So I hope you make it a wonderful day.